Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, look, I'm okay. I think I've, <clears throat> whatever malaise, malady I have, I must have I've caught from watching City over the last four <laughs> or five games. Yeah, it certainly is hanging around, isn't it? Um, it's another disappointing defeat to discuss uh, against Luton Town. Um, but perhaps we will start uh, slightly out of order to our usual running order and, and talk managerial news first of all. I guess maybe we'll talk the departure of Schotter now, then we can talk the game itself and then move on to his potential successor. But it was interesting last week doing the preview episode with Logan and uh, sort of suggesting that the game against Luton could be Schotter's last chance. And to be honest, I felt a bit like I was being harsh calling it his last chance, thinking that he'd surely have a bit more time than that. And then uh, the news came through about eight hours before the game that actually he wasn't even going to get that and that he was on his way out already. So I guess initial reactions to his departure, um, too harsh, uh, sort of too late in the in the break, or, or, or what did you think of it? Um, it was interesting. It was very strange. It caught me off guard, but I think like I, I sort of get the sense that it was maybe a June with the, you know, after the, what was the previous game? Uh, Swansea? After the Swansea, Swansea game? Swansea, yeah. Yeah, saying like, well, you know, we've had we've had this discussion. We're going to give him time. And I feel like maybe that was him just saying like, I don't want to rush into anything. And like, and then they've obviously had subsequent discussions about, you know, the direction of the team and the direction of the club and, and decided that I guess they're at odds in the way that they want to approach that. Um, and I guess thus made the decision. I don't necessarily... Because otherwise, it doesn't really make any sense to be like, "Oh, we're going to give him time," and then turn it like then right before the game, go, "We're, we're sacking him." It feels like there was this, yeah. There had to be subsequent discussions. Had to be more discussions about where they were going, what the plan was, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to achieve, and like where their goals were. And and it, and it just feels like, especially with the whatever the comment. I mean, it was a sort of standard comment, but that about different visions different for the club vision, or yeah. something like that they had a difference of opinion on like what you know what their expectations where they could be where they should be etc Ajun wanted to win games and Shotter wasn't able to provide that yeah no I mean it's a weird one and I did see the suggestion that because obviously Ajun had that uh motor bike accident where he injured his mm -hmm. arm um that potentially that delayed a decision but I'm like he's not the only one at the club who can hire and fire so you would think if he'd given Kessler the the go-ahead to to make the decision that doesn't require him to be you know present or, or not in a hospital sort of thing it was just for me it was the eight hours before the game I think if you've made the decision that late in the piece just give him the game even you see quite often actually managers say to players or, or say straight after the game that they've that they've left the job or that they've been sacked or anything like that I can only imagine he thought there was the outside chance that we'd be galvanised into getting a result, um, which unfortunately didn't come. But I guess on the flip side, Andy Dawson coming into the role and, and presumably, um, unless we have a similarly late announcement of a new manager, um, Dawson will be in charge for Wigan tomorrow morning. Pretty, pretty, I, I, I like having that sort of connection to the club's past in the interim sort of managerial seat. Um, I think I was saying to someone the other day, it gives, it gives, um, it, it sort of softens the blow of these sorts of losses. I think when you've got a manager that you have that connection to, where you can sort of be a bit more sympathetic towards, I think, and it's, it's nice having that connection through to, you know, the, the 2008 Premier League side all the way through to he was, he was playing under Steve Bruce in our 
uh, second promotion season. So it's that sort of connection to the past. Yeah, I think um, it it is valuable uh, having that local local connection. I think also like just someone who has been there and done that with with City as well. The, the experience experiences he has, his passion for the club, is something that hopefully he can use to to inspire the the troops for tomorrow morning's um, or tomorrow's match. Um, but I thought um, he spoke like really clear, really um, confidently, really positively um, after the Luton game, considering he'd been in charge for eight hours, yeah. ten hours, basically at that time. So um, it's interesting, like because I was even just thinking about earlier today with you know what I wanted to say about Dawson and his um, post match and, and how he'd handled himself so far and. I thought, oh, you know, lots of confidence. That's really strange because, like, I was like, I guess, like, maybe it was a language thing for Shotter, partly. But I, I mean, I just get the sense, like, with lots of with strikers generally, that they're normally not short of confidence. Um, So it was very surprising that he couldn't really ever like clearly explain like the the processes or what he wanted or anything in in his post matches um, and his presses, but. I think Dawson, I, he seems to have just simplified the game plan and just it, the, the game plan is is work hard and try to make make some luck for ourselves. Um, and I think, like, it seemed to work. He seemed to get that through to a few players who we have so far this season questioned whether they have the, the drive and the graft and the grit in them. Um, I thought, like, you know, Tufan, I thought, put in actually a, quite a good shift Um you know, playing in in an unfamiliar position to finish off, but um, yeah, some some players that we've questioned, I thought, really seemed to just to, to seem to work really hard throughout the game, even if we didn't necessarily, we still didn't create anything in the final third. But I thought that that work rate and that dedication to to the cause seemed to be um, seemed to be evident anyway. Yeah, well, that's a good segue. We can talk more broadly about the game now. Um, we've got. Cameron, who's joined us in the chat, um, just as a shout out to him. I mean, just as a final point, I guess, on Shotter's games, haven't been super stoked watching any games in the last month or so. It seems as if we've completely fallen apart under Shotter. We seemed all right, and then it just fell away. And I think that's certainly, as you alluded to at the start of the episode, with uh, the malaise around the club over the last four, five, maybe six games. Um, and it certainly continued against Luton um, last weekend or last Saturday morning. I think, I think as you said, we definitely looked better. We looked more organised. We, we held the ball better. Um, and really, you can consider both of those goals quite unfortunate. The first one, just the way it bounces in on the rebound off Jones. And the second, I mean, I don't even think you could say debatably offside. I think he was definitely offside in the build-up um, before it came back um, to um, uh, the name's gone out of my head, former uh, Arsenal, uh, Lansbury. Lansbury yeah. scored the second goal. And and you consider, I think it was between the two goals that Slater had that great chance, which very nearly kind of mimicked the first goal and could have gone in as well. So in a way, arguably, I mean, it was just a bit of bad luck, but at the same time, no other shots on target. So you could say that we didn't really deserve much either. Yeah, it was one of those where I think that Slater goal, re- or not goal, so that Slater attempt, that hitting the, hitting the crossbar, I, I, that really was... Could have, could have been the turning point, I think. I think if that had gone in, because we are 
you know, five losses in a row now, a team very short on confidence. And I think that might have been sort of the boost that we needed at that sort of point to, to, to get us to get back in, um, into the game at least. Um, we never really, uh, yeah, seemed to make any real dangerous inroads. I mean, you know, Elder and Coyle got lots of balls into the box, but nothing of any real substance that allowed us to actually do much with it. And I think that's one of the issues as well. We're sort of getting... We're just focusing on getting crosses into the box instead of focusing, I think, maybe on creating quality. Mm. Like, you know, getting a quality cross or trying to, like, creating quality chances or something. It's. I think we've seen uh, Estupinian's goals early in the season and thought, right, we've just got to just get the ball in there and he's going to score all these goals. And, yeah, I don't think it's quite worked out. Um, But, yeah, it was was a... Today, I think that that was a that was a moment that could have could have changed the game had it gone in our favour. But I think that was something where, like it, like Dawson alluded to in his post match, was to say that like you know you make your own luck, and we really we didn't do enough to like overall offensively to actually to create anything um, and to force any of those sorts of things. Even with that, I know it was a, a long drive, but had. Longman or Estepinian or someone been, you know, putting that pressure on. Maybe they're there to to force a tap it to get the tap in or get something like. Yeah, I, and I think for me as well, the almost the most frustrating element is that similar to last week in, in comments to Logan, the changes to the lineup were the sorts of changes that we were after. We saw Figueredo drop out for Jones. We saw, uh, well, I mean, maybe not Longman necessarily coming in, but. Um, you know, we saw Seri drop out of the midfield where he's perhaps being a bit lax in the last couple of weeks. So we're seeing the right changes to the side. And I guess the worrying thing is that none of these things are really making that much of a difference. I thought, and I think you'd said previously as well, that the um, the Doherty substitution, I thought Doherty looked really good when he came on. Didn't think a whole lot of cynic, but understandably quite rusty um, getting his first minutes of the season. Um, I thought Christie actually looked pretty decent coming on. Um, he had a better left foot than I expected from him with that sort of curling chance that he had. So there are the players there. And in a way, I mean, I'm almost thinking you kind of end up falling back on the players that we used a lot last season who we can rely on a little bit more in your Doherty's, in your Jones, perhaps um, more so than the, than the new players, which I think I said after the game, for the majority of that game, we had seven of the 11 players as players that we we had from last season. So mm. for all of the signings over the summer, it doesn't feel as if it's worked out quite the way we would have envisaged. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think Doherty certainly was the standout of the subs, but I think Christie did have a really good um, appearance, you know, in an unfamiliar or set quasi unfamiliar role, not really as a, uh, you know, traditional right back when he came on. So um, I think they were good, as you say, with Cynic sort of so long out, injured, um, first sort of start, tried to do tried to do some stuff. Um, but, you know, get one of those never played with, with these guys, with, uh, with us before. So I think he'll get better. Um still somehow managed to look more dangerous than Longman. So 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like we've kind of passed the point of giving him the excuse of, um, you know, early season injury or so. I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to see in that sense. But yeah, look, it, it, it was a, it was a game. It happened, um, but we can move on. We'll, we'll do our MVP votes before we move on to discussing potential new managers. Um, I like the last couple of games. I've really struggled to give m- much in the way of votes because there's just not been a whole lot of action to to comment on or um, sort of award votes for. I, I went quail for the three votes. I think, like you were alluding to before. Um, a lot of balls into the box, getting up the field. I thought it was one of his more dangerous games. I thought he looked quite good and uh, commendably led from the front. I thought Slater, two votes. I mean, that's it's, it's really scraping the barrel because I think he's certainly dipped in form a lot from his early season form. So I don't think he's quite at that level um, that he was at the start of the season. Um, but by virtue of having probably our best chance of the game, I've, I've been inclined to give him a couple of votes. And then Baxter for the one vote, I think, he, he did about as well as could be expected of him and, and really rallied the defence from the back. Yeah. Um, I have gone, uh, and then it's similar to your two votes, I've given Slater three and basically like it was best of a bad bunch. I considered Coyle and Elder. I thought they were at times, I thought Elder had a really good first half, but I thought he dipped off a lot in the second. I thought Coyle was really dangerous in the second, but not quite as effective in the first. And, um <clears throat> thought Slater was busy throughout, had the sh- had the chance. Um, so I gave Slater the three. And I gave two to Doherty because I thought he... I mean, those couple of substitutions changed the way we were approaching the game when we when they came on. So we seemed much more uh, f- f- aggressive or forward-oriented, um, like moving the ball forward, sorry, um, and just... He just came on, and it was like it was like a League One Doherty, really. He was sort of almost back to his to the to the Doherty we we used to love. So, um, hopefully, that's a sign of things to come. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually does get a start against yeah. um, Wigan with with the performance that he came on. With thinking about how Dawson's going to approach this, and he, he wants players who are going to work hard and you know and, and do that, and to come on and use that as your your sort of audition for the new manager or whatever was pretty solid um and i gave one point to christy for again i thought he was again solid when he came on um cup that the, the one what what could have been our only shot on target um so i thought yeah i thought he, he was good and lots of involved in lots of in that um right hand channel with with coil and um and others yeah, good shout, good shout. Well, Cameron had another quote in the or message in the chat to say, um, hopefully the new manager can come in and maintain that early season sort of positivity that we did have under Schotter and and sort of resurge up the table. Anyone that we want in particular? Well, we do have a lot of names that have been linked in the past few days. Um, I think Baz put out an article in the Hull Daily Mail, uh, kind of going through all of the candidates that have emerged and then disappeared again. Um, you know, as, as recently as yesterday when I was writing up this run sheet, I thought that Carlos Calvajal was as good as a done deal. So he was sort of the one that I was focusing on. And then it all seems to have changed a little bit uh, in the last 24, 36 hours. Because uh, he, he, he'd left his... He was at a club in the UAE where he departed after a 4-0 win. It seemed as if that meant that he was pretty much on his way to Hull. Um, sounds as if now either we've turned him down or he's turned us down there's other jobs that are available as well. 
um, Wolves have sacked their manager as well. They love a Portuguese manager. So um, I'm sure there's a couple of options out there for managers. Um, Carlos Corbran, who in pre-season uh, left Huddersfield in the championship after taking them to the playoff final, went to Olympiacos for a couple of, I want to say months, but maybe only weeks uh, before being sacked there by the Nottingham Forest owner. So he has a penchant for sacking managers. Um, seems a, a pretty reasonable option, but he's also being looked at by Middlesbrough. Scott Parker, who was sacked by Bournemouth earlier in the season, has won promotion from the championship with both Fulham and Bournemouth. Doesn't have a great start of play. Seemed to sort of fall out with the Bournemouth supporters at the end of last season and then the Bournemouth owners at the start of this season. Um, Sergeon Yelkin, if that is how it's pronounced, uh, most recently managed Besiktas uh, in 2021, winning the title with them. Seemed to be the early front runner just because of obviously the Turkish links and probably Ajun uh, having some sort of working relationship with him already. Um, but then the most recent name to, to emerge and the one that is now starting to sound the most likely is Pedro Martins, who um, I think he's also Portuguese, former Olympiacos manager as well, just like Corberan. Um, but most recently, I think, was managing in Portugal, if I'm not wrong. Um, oh, no, sorry. I think he was most recently at Olympiacos, but he was previously in Portugal managing uh, Rio Ave, which was a club Carvajal previously managed as well. And also Vittorio Grimoresh, which is where um, he would have managed Oscar Estepinian. Um, I think I've had it pointed out uh, by Mitch that that means that he was probably the one that sent him out on loan. So I don't know if that means he rates him particularly highly or if that was just early in his career. Um, but he's got a really good pedigree. Like he's taken clubs in Portugal into the top four, into cup finals, into Europe, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, there's that sort of hesitancy, I think, after both Slutsky and... Um, and uh, shot it to say we don't necessarily want a foreign manager. We want someone who knows the English leagues. But then you look at, you know, Marco Silva obviously didn't have any English experience but had that experience in a higher pedigree European league in Portugal, which I guess Martins has as well. Um, so you could make the case that that's actually still quite a, an impressive get if we were to get him. You know, managing, taking teams to the Europa League is... Uh, it's a pretty decent uh, achievement and experience. But but I guess that's sort of the long list of, of names that have been linked, the experience that they've all got. What What's your sort of take and, and the sort of manager you'd want to see appointed? Um, can we can we get one who's going to be successful? <laughs> uh, no, look, I, we could sit here probably all night and talk about the pros and cons of each of those or the perceived pros and cons of each of those managers and their impacts on the players and the style of play and the fans and the everything and else and in between. But, um, and not to be dismissive of this discussion, but that's sort of out of our hands completely. And um, <clears throat> I just, whoever they, Ajun decides, is obviously who we're going to get, but I just hope that it's someone who, I guess, like, at least understands the, or takes the time to get some sort of an understanding of the club um, and is one that's going to, like, dictate their style of play around the players that we have, not sort of, you know, square pegs into round holes and force the players into a system that doesn't necessarily work i hope we sort of take a bit more of a pragmatic approach because at the moment we are as i mentioned earlier we're very low on confidence and i think we just need to start 
you know, scraping some some nil alls or some one ones or something, get some points, start picking up some points again, um, and just you know turn the start then turn some draws into some wins before we start worrying about trying to you know play you know beautiful attacking football. Uh, it's sort of a little bit. We we sort of need to be a, a little bit. Uh, a little bit boring to watch for a little while um, just to get some, some, some confidence and some, some runs on the board, I think. So in, with this managerial appointment, then I guess stripping out the who necessarily, but, but as you say that the style that they need to bring to the team or the, the sort of the recovery that they need to implement on the side to get us just back performing, it feels like there is a lot riding on this appointment because it all started off quite well under Shotter. It's all sort of unraveled a little bit. If this appointment was to also not work out, hypothetically, we end up in a relegation battle with a manager perhaps not prepared for it. Um, a lot could go wrong quite quickly if this managerial appointment doesn't work out. Is it therefore a matter of actually, yes, we do just want, as you say, a manager who's going to build sort of defence first, grind out those points and get those wins, which I guess the worry is that that doesn't sound like what Ajun's after. He wants someone who will... I think the quote was lose three two instead of draw nil nil. Although I, we should be pointed out to Ajun that you do actually get a point for a draw. You don't get a point for a mm. three two loss. Yeah, look, um, <clears throat> I think it, it as as great as it is to to be passionate about football and to want to play a have you have you know own own a team and have them play attractive attacking football. You know what, what's the old you know uh, goals win games defense wins championships yeah right that that old sort of chestnut so I think like really we haven't been as like I think we we'll be worst defense in the league so yeah you know I think that's obviously sure we're not scoring many goals but I think really we need to stop leaking them at least that way we can give ourselves in a, uh, give ourselves a chance of of at least getting a point because at the moment. We basically we don't look like scoring any. We're pretty confident every game we go into that we're going to concede something. It doesn't make a good recipe for for getting points and and moving away from the bottom three. Well, I, I guess hopefully we'll have that manager in before too long. I think um, giving them a decent chance to bed in. I think the obviously the benefit with the sorry. planning. Oh, sorry, they were just. I think they've been saying he's Ajun's been saying he's trying to get it in before Huddersfield. I think is his goal okay. before the weekend. Yeah, because then, like, even even looking a bit further ahead, we do have the World Cup break to give almost like a mini preseason to that manager. So it is a unique season in that sense that we almost get that second chance at uh, implementing a style and, and sort of really kickstarting the season um, that we wouldn't otherwise have. Um, well, we'll move on. Then we'll, we'll talk about those games in one second. We'll do our Who Am I game first of all, um, give you a chance to to get another another one uh, correct if you're good to go. Sure. All right. A bit of brain so, fog, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so first clue, I made 191 league appearances for City, scoring seven goals. That's a lot of appearances. 191. At first, I was like, I saw like I saw the big numbers and the low goals, and I was like, oh, maybe like a defender. Or something. I was like, oh, he's probably trying to stitch me up because Dawson's just taking charge. Of <laughs> now. He played way more than 191. He's like yeah. 300 games. Yeah. Um, 
191. That's a fair few. Uh, I'm thinking like someone like like El Muhammadi or something. Do you want to go that as a guess? Sure. First time we've had a guess uh, correct after the first clue. Well done. It is El Muhammadi. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well done. Yeah, joined in 2012 on loan before signing permanently in 2013. Left in 2017. Wore the number 27. Played right wing back. I'm El Mahamedi. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I I do like I, I do because I I'm, it's almost a challenge to myself of can I find a player that you could actually get it off the first clue. Mm. So yeah, that's a good one. Well done. Uh, short and sweet. Very nice. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, well, we'll we'll move on to discuss uh, the two games coming up. Um, but before we do, if uh, if you are enjoying the episode uh, and you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, uh, please do subscribe. Hit like on the video as well. Uh, the more views and the more likes do get the video around to more people. So that's always appreciated. Um, cool. Okay, so we've got Wigan tomorrow morning, uh, managed by Liam Richardson. He took over in 2020 after a couple of uh, previous managers departed when they fell into administration. Uh, so he's been there for quite a while now. He's built them up out of League One back into the championship. Um, we last played them in League One where we beat them 5-0 and 3-1 as just revenge for that 8-0 defeat in the championship uh, last time we played them in this division. Um, but they, they've got the best away record in the league, which I found a bit surprising to hear the other morning. So they are a very dangerous side to come up against, uh, especially in the form that we're in. So um, they've got uh, Keane up top. They've also got, uh, obviously, Josh Magenis as well. So we'll, we'll see a few reunions at the MKM. Uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I think it's interesting because they haven't won a game at home. So it's not as if they're in sort of imperious form or, or this sort of dominant force. But clearly with that away record, they're doing something right. Um, you know, we sort of talked about the, the sort of the improvement that we've seen under Dawson against Luton. We'll probably see a few more changes to the lineup, perhaps Doherty coming in. A reasonable chance to pick up something in this game. I, I would kind of say this with every game, but um, looking at this fixture and then the Huddersfield fixture as well, they're both as good a chance to get something. Yeah, look, I, I think um, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what sort of imprint now that Dawson's had a few sessions, you know, running them specifically, and and you know, more opportunity to talk to them individually and collectively. Uh, sort of what he can imprint on them for this this game, and um, you know, what choices he makes now that he's watched them, you know, watched them in the game, watched them in training this week. Um, so, you know, so what sort of a squad he selects to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, cause I think apart from, did he have a little go as manager somewhere else? Yeah. I think he was came... Gunthorpe. Yeah. I think that's so, the one that, yeah. But, um, not much, um, managerial, uh, experience. So be sort of just, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I think based, based on his, well, one, his like career and how he was as a player and what he said that he wants from players. I dare say that it'll be probably fairly similar um, to how he started on the weekend with maybe, yeah, like Doherty, who we know is going to work hard coming in probably in place of Woods. Um, and I'm not sure if like Cynic was fit enough to to do more, but I can't see... 
I, I still don't think he would start. I think, again, he'd probably, he's still going to probably be a, a second half sub. You know, he got 20 minutes, maybe he gets half an hour or something. Um, and I guess the other difference might be that Estepina might be able to play the full 90 if required, because I think he'd just flown back um, yeah. from overseas like the day before or the morning of or something crazy. So Yeah, and I feel like at 2-0 down, they were probably just like, yeah. well, let's you know, give him the rest and get him ready for mm. uh, the Thursday game. But yeah, I think I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Those are probably the main changes for the for the game. I don't know if he'd really try to do anything too radical. Other than that, I was thinking whether Tufan drops out for Doherty to give us a bit more mobility in midfield. But then, you know, there's always that balance. And this is, I guess, this is sort of one of Shotter's undoings as well as with those new signings on on big wages. You've also got to deal with egos, and and you don't want to be going and dropping players or resting players in games where the impact of doing that can actually sort of have a much worse impact in the background. But at the same time, you can't play players who aren't necessarily contributing either. So uh, that'll be sort of an interesting balance. Hmm. Um, but yeah, look, I think I probably agree with the changes that you're saying there. But um, in terms of the the match itself, do you, do you sort of have any confidence of, 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 a, of a draw perhaps? I, I, think, in, I think in the... Um... In this, the our uh, Facebook group tipping, I think I've gone for a one-all. Um, I feel like I still feel like we're, there's some goal. Like we haven't solidified our backline, our defence up enough. It's not. I still don't feel confident in it, and I feel we will concede. Um, but I do feel like, you know, as you sort of say, the two goals that we conceded against Luton were, you know, unlucky. Uh, in a sense, to concede them. So um, <clears throat> I feel like there's some level of improvement there because some of the, the the previous few games that we've lost before Luton, they weren't, it wasn't luck. It was just terrible defending. So yeah. there's at least... Funny how um, that changes the, when Figueredo yeah. gets dropped. <laughs> <laughs> the, somehow that's the silver lining that we're conceding to bad luck and not yeah. like bad decisions. Um, but... <clears throat> I think I think there's an improve. There's some sort of some tiny sliver of improvement in their defensive stability there, um, but I, I think we'll concede. But I feel like that we got we have enough players within the squad, within the first eleven, or with, within our predicted first eleven that can do something. You know, I think we like Tufan. I know he's the luxury player or whatever, but he is sort of one who given the right moment can, can, can create. We saw with his, the two goals uh, he's had, you know, a couple of volleys that, you know, he's hit the post, he's hit the crossbar this season. He's one who can create um, sort of an opportunity or a goal out of, out of nothing. So if he's on, if he's on, if he's, if he's on, 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 on the night, um, then he could very well be um, someone to create something for us. Uh, and I think, like, as Slater sort of showed, we just need to start taking some shots, taking some chances, yeah. because, like, sure, there, there wasn't much going on, so he just went, bugger it, I'll have a dig. Um, and it almost and, came off, yeah. Yeah, right? and I think there's there's an element of 
maybe it was through the you know shutters tactics or whatever where we were trying to create the perfect goal too much or whatever but like there's, there's lots of opportunities we've had over the last month or so where players sh- probably should have just said bugger it i'll take a shot and they haven't um but i think even you know i think longman just cut inside a player and tried to try to have a shot and you know christie's had a shot from distance and slater's had a shot from distance and so i think you know you're not going to score if you don't shoot so i think just some players who are willing just to i think they all just need to be a bit more ruthless just let let fly when you're in and around the box see what happens the other teams do it to us and they score goals so yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah in uh in the prediction like i I, i've got a 2-0 wigan win but that's more from the logic of i'd be quite happy to be wrong but otherwise i'll i'll just take the points and uh (laughs) and continue on so i i I was very close to going 1-1 as well because i do think 1-1 seems to me a score i could see coming out of this game i think we've got a goal in us we've we've been going for for a while now without one um so i think it will come uh so hopefully we can pick up a draw in that one um we've got huddersfield on the weekend as well um managed by mark fotheringham who's taken over following danny schofield sacking um i was hearing a bit of talk about him being sort of this meld of all these different philosophies and sort of thinking it sounds a bit strange and you know of course he's going to be talking himself up as this sort of modern maestro of a coach but then they did have a 3-3 draw this morning um which was uh, a little bit unexpected so so maybe they do have a few goals in them and they are a bit bit more dangerous than we might have given them credit for um they've won their last four games against us which has sort of completely passed me by i didn't think our record was quite that bad against them um but they've lost four of their last five um drawing this morning's game um yeah i mean there's not a whole lot to add to the discussion on this one that we haven't really said about the Wigan game, but I guess with the form that they're in, um, there's that opportunity there that, that you know, it, of the two games, I suspect this one's probably the more winnable game. Um, but at the same time, if they're going to have an upturn of form under their new manager, look, and maybe we'll have our manager in place by then as well, which which could be quite fascinating. But, um, yeah, I guess, do you, do, do you see any any different sort of sense of a victory in this one? Not really. Um, I sort of feel like, I know like Ajun had said he wants to appoint the manager before the Huddersfield game, but surely like even if he appoints him, he's not going to like take charge until after that anyway, I wouldn't think. Like it wouldn't make a lot of sense to, so you'd think that Dawson's going to have him for these two games at least. Um, Yeah. Keeping in mind that this game, actually, I just think about it, this is on the Sunday night, not the Saturday night. So it's the 10 p.m. game on the Sunday. So he does have that extra day. So if he was appointed on, say, Friday, yeah, it does true. give him 48 hours. I suppose. It just feels like, I guess they do it all the time. It's just like not a lot of time to. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd want to, I would, if I was coming in, I'd want like, I'd want a full week to. Yeah. Well, Dawson got eight hours. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. Beggars can't be choosing. Can they? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I suppose I don't know. Um, it's one of the, it's it's so hard with how crazy everything is at the moment. It's so hard to even look forward like the few days. That's like, right. I'm, yeah. I'm struggling. I don't even know what's going to happen between now and the game. And you know, when I wake up at five thirty tomorrow to watch us play Wigan, yeah, anything could happen overnight. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I, I'm not feeling real confident about 
now having a win in either of these. Um, I could, you know, maybe see us having a point or two, but I don't. Yeah, really I was going to say I'd probably I'd probably set the line at two points. Anything more than two points, I'd be really happy with. That means mm. getting a win in either game. Anything less than two points, we're getting a draw and a loss. I'd probably be disappointed. I'd probably feel like there's neither of these games screams lost to me. Um, yeah. I'd love two draws, um, but you know, two losses would probably be disaster. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, look, as you say, I mean, it's difficult to even predict 24 hours from now, as Ajun sort of shown with the uh, shot of sacking. Anything can happen at, at short notice. So. Um, we could wake up tomorrow morning and the manager's already been announced. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so you're sort of thinking perhaps a draw for this one, but maybe more of a chance for a win than the Wigan game? uh, Probably, um, I guess, only in the sense that if if, uh, Huddersfield's got a new manager as well uh, and they've less drilled in his philosophies than... That I, in, I mean, does it make any difference? Because we've got a new yeah. manager, and we're in yeah. between getting another other one. So I know it's a weird. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just, can I just flip yeah, two coins, and sure. then I'll tell you what I reckon. <laughs> sure. Well, I was trying to think because obviously, so we had Slutsky go, and we got Adkins, and I think Adkins was in before the next game, which was Bristol City, and we won that one. Then Adkins went in the summer when we got McCann. Then McCann went, but we already all knew that Shotter was lined up and he came in quite quickly as well. This is the first time I can remember in a while where we've had uh, probably the only time, well, I guess Phelan going and get, getting silver, but I think even that was reasonably quick. This is the first time in a while I can think where we've had a caretaker in and genuinely not really had a sense of who our next manager will be. So, uh, yeah, yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's nice. I mean, at least it means, like, in a, in a sense, it's nice. It's you know, nail biting. My fingernails don't love the situation at the moment, but uh, you know, at least it shows that Ajun's he's obviously got some some power and some pull, and you know that he can at least attract or get you know into the conversations, you know, into yeah. discussions with some of these these managers because you know I think like I no no offense to McCann because I don't th- he's not a terrible manager. He's a young manager who struggled you know, on a shoestring budget um, while he was with us um, that, you know, had the Alums still been in charge and, you know, they decided to sack McCann for whatever reason, you know, who would we have got? Probably another, you know, McCann-esque, you know, someone who was going to be cheap to pay, who was basically going to do what he was told, yada, yada, yada. So I think, like, to have some you know, more experienced, uh, you know, higher caliber um, names on the list is is a positive. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, it'll be a very interesting time. I mean, the transfer window shut, so this is clearly uh, uh, Ajun's new form of entertainment is uh, hunting the market for a new manager. So it'll be certainly interesting to see who we settle on in the coming days. Uh, and then, of course, the Wigan game tomorrow morning before Huddersfield this weekend. But we'll be back next week to cover all the latest news on managerial appointments and uh, results of those two games. But until then, thanks for joining me, Dan. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. 
For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back cause you're out.